another episode of Live the African Dream podcast. I am your host, Eunice Ajim, and today we have Folusho Ojo. She is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Truck. Truck is automating and optimizing short haul and intra-city logistics for businesses across Africa. Truck is also a portfolio company of Ajim Capital, and I am super, super excited and to have Folusho on the podcast today. Folusho, how are you doing? I'm doing very great. I mean, it feels so good to finally be on this other side, uh, having this conversation, considering the fact that I've followed your podcast for quite a while, listened to some of your podcasts. So, I mean, it feels good to finally be here, actually. Oh, that's really great to hear. We're going to dive right in. <laughs> So I think I, if, if, if I'm going to be super honest, um, one of the things that really captivated me with Rock was your story alongside Williams. Um, yeah. I have built marketplaces, so I think I first understood the challenges of building um, and scaling a marketplaces, but also some of the things that you guys have done as founders to be able to scale your company i would love to hear a little bit about you your story your background where you come from and what led you to to launching truck okay um so i have my background in project management um events as well and actually help uh, businesses to you know aside from handling events also move bulky and sizable items across different locations in nigeria so i mean though i had like difficulties in moving large items at my previous job but i mean i wasn't thinking it's something that i actually want to leave my job and go and solve my co-founder williams Fatayo on his own end um, was also working with one of the biggest digital banks here in Nigeria and he also had to do with coincidentally also had to do with moving brand items from the headquarter in Lagos to other branches in Nigeria so most of the time when we get together we usually talk about our frustrations with our job including you know challenges that we're having with logistics but again we didn't think that was like a sign to actually just go there and solve this. Um, the Eureka moment for us was sometimes in 2019. I got my first apartment and I needed to move a piece of furniture to my new apartment. And I just thought, okay, this should be as easy as an Uber. I'm just going to hop online and try to get a vehicle to help me to move this item. Um, I was utterly disappointed, actually. For three days, I was trying to, you know, get the right plug, asking people around. And I just couldn't find a vehicle that worked for me at the price that I had at that point in time, based on my budget, actually. And then by the fourth day, I finally find a vehicle. Um, I mean, I had to go with the, with the price at that point in time because I had no other option. The experience was very, very shitty. I mean, I did enjoy it for like, and I thought I even paid more than what actually what I, I, I could have actually paid. And I just mm -hmm. came out of that experience with a clear determination that, you know what, this is this is the height of you, right? Um, no one should ever go through the same frustration with moving bulky or large item. And 
at that point in time we had already gone through these frustrations at our at our previous job so this was more like okay this is this is it right we have to go out there and solve this problem and we didn't even start like immediately we had to do like a survey of individuals of businesses just trying to understand that we are not alone in this and the results that we got from that survey again gave us more perspective and understanding into the problem and the challenges that people and even businesses are having and then based on that survey again we then embarked on another journey of getting the data of you know people drivers vehicle owners that have vehicles in different sizes that we want so we traveled across different locations in lagos nigeria um getting locations where these vehicles are collecting all of, all of their data and then uploaded all of these on an excel sheet and then we went on our social media platforms right now we have the supply then we need to look for the demand which is the people that actually want to move and then we just went on our social media platform letting people know that when they need to move bulky or large items we are the go-to person for that and we kept communicating that and then on the on the 6th of january the first call came someone needed to do move um an event item and then we're able to help them to do that and then based off on that experience we'll go on to do you know hundred strips no products no app just off excel and then at every point in time just getting feedback as to what the customer wants um how they want us to build the product and based on that we kept iterating to everything that we have our truck right now has been based on one step at a time trying to understand what the customer wants what their needs are at every point and then iterating as as we journey on wow and this was like what in 2019 or 2020 2020 wow and with covid and everything happening how like how was business <laughs> like how did things go in, in in 2020 we just you know the pandemic and and everything happening and we're gonna go back into the details but i just want to better yeah. understand how you guys were able to have overcome that particular situation okay so during covid i think we had uh, before covid i think we had pilot we had launched like i think two or three months before covid so i mean when covid happened there was no pressure uh we hadn't mm -hmm. resigned from our previous job at that point in time we we're still doing this by the side so if there was no pressure we don't have salaries to pay it's just okay whenever um and then at that point in time we most of the the clients that we had at that point in time were also individuals right mm -hmm. so and the individuals at that point in time because everybody was were locked down they, they were also not moving so we're just like okay at that point in time we just focused on the products right what do we need to build just so that when the lockdown is over we know that okay we've already um you know go went far ahead on building the product to a certain extent so that was more what we were focusing on doing during the covid period yeah that definitely makes sense yeah and what a beautiful story on how to launch a startup yeah. right yeah. like i always hear founders say you know i have an amazing idea and but i can't push my idea because i need funding to make that idea happen i think what you all did was a good example of like hey like let's start with spreadsheets right let's find all the supply 
um, put them on a spreadsheet, have them on call, and then let's go out there and find the demand. And then, you know, as soon as you have a call from a customer, you know exactly who you need to call. And if they're not available, you call the next guy until somebody gets on the phone and is willing to go deliver the goods. I think, and then like slowly understanding, okay, what are your problems? What is failing? How can I iterate? How can I pivot? How can I improve the product to make this better? For any listener that is out there that's like, I still don't get what is truck, right? Any investor, any potential customer, just for the, the audience generally, what would you say truck does in a very short paragraph? Okay, um, so we're becoming the operating system for third-party logistics in Africa right now. And in simple, clear terms, we connect businesses and individuals to different sizes of vehicles that are closest to them in real time alongside a portfolio of other value-added services. Okay, well, that was very quick and very easy, yeah. and that makes sense. <laughs> um, but it sounds super easy and super great, but every single startup and every single business come with your own challenges. Currently, what would you say has been one of your biggest challenge as you've gone through this journey um, of, you know, making it easy to connect a driver to a customer and a business? Um, and how have you guys overcome that challenge? Okay, so there's been... Um there's been a lot of challenges along the way, right? Um, at some point, again, because it's a demand and supply um, market. So at times you have demand that are more than supply and at times supply are more than demand. So it's more like, it's never balanced sort of thing. So, I mean, that's, that's some of the problem that we face along the way. And then we've also tried to kind of like also iterates as we move on so right now what some of the things that we're currently trying to figure out at this point in time is actually figuring out how do we want to go with our supply in a very scalable manner because we've mm. also understand the fact that to a very large extent is a supply um it's a supply-led market right when you have this, i mean the demand is already there just figure out the supply and then and then you're good so right now we're at the point where we are trying to um get introductions to asset financing platform just so that why because the peculiar we serve a very peculiar um industry that are growing yes. at a very fast pace right so again we also need to be able to figure out our supply to make sure that why demand is growing we also have enough supply to be able to power this demand so right now that's what we're figuring out and then um as we journey on what some of the challenges that um we are also trying to figure out is to make sure that at every point in time again because we're still a startup right we i wouldn't say that we figure it out 100 percent, but you know what if you continue to focus on the customers at every point in time just to understand exactly what they need and you continue to build products around that you continue to build value-added services around that we then continue to iterate based on that so that's also what is going to be our focus along the way just to make sure that we are building alongside what the customer wants 
No, I love that. And that is super important because at the end of the day, um, you have to keep listening to your customers. You have to keep listening to what they want. Um, and if they are very happy and satisfied with your product, they will stick around for the long term. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit and speak a little bit about you and your co-founder. Um, first, it is a very challenging thing to find the right co-founder um, when building a startup. Um, I was watching William's WhatsApp probably like a few days ago, and it was both of you guys at dinner, yeah. and he mentioned that one of the best ways uh, you guys have been able to like minimize conflicts as co-founders is just having monthly dinners. And I was like, yeah. wow, like that is super interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've heard of that, and it's unheard actually. So I just wanted to ask, how has it been? Um, working with a co-founder, what advice would you give any founder out there that is building their setup? It is great to have a co-founder, but sometimes a co-founder can break or make your company. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I the first thing <laughs> I'm going to say actually is start a startup with your friend, right? And then make yeah. sure that you guys have like um, complementary skill sets um, because I mean if the only thing that keeps you and your co-founder together is just the company at some point it's going to get so difficult that the only thing that will be able to keep you guys through is just the is the friendship not actually the startup itself because startup can be you know the journey itself is not defined it is very challenging it's very difficult conflicts will come between the founders you guys will have dividing interests dividing even business strategy as to i mean we are all different individuals with different background different culture different sort of belief and here we are trying to do something together that has to be done in a very unique one single way because you cannot we cannot have two different ideas on how we want to go or how the journey should be it has to be the same thing and then the fact that we are all thinking in different different ideas different perspective to everything so i think the first thing i would say is make sure that before the company even starts before you even get together and say you know what let's start a company you this person is your friend you guys are just very good on like a very neutral level and then you know this person is not just someone that you picked up like yesterday or like last week and then you're trying to do because this is more it's more like you're doing life together this is this is more like us trying to build a life together until maybe even death do us apart right so you want to be sure that this person you're committing a large part of your life to is someone that you actually trust right and then the second thing is you also want to be sure that you have like um complementary skill sets with this person right um because initially when we started truck it was I, we didn't actually sit together to say okay so i'm going to be the ceo and then you're going to be the coo and then you're going to be this and i'm going to be that i mean it was just very natural for us to kind of like just 
you know grow into what we are better at or what we are good at naturally right i'm good at you know operations people management um you know managing emotions customer service and all of those things and it's just naturally good at sales brand marketing leadership strategy you know in that line so it was just very natural for us as well to just kind of like flow into those complementary skill set that we have and then we just kind of like grow into it so i think it was even until recently that we just started having conversations as to okay i think you're stepping in my lane or i think you should focus more on this or while i focus more on that and that has been very very helpful then the third thing that i'm going to say is when you eventually start the company you guys are going to have a lot of issues right and i think that's also one of the major reasons that a lot of startups fail so yeah. you want to be very proactive about that and make sure that you guys are having like ongoing feedback conversations right i mean there were some points like you mentioned that williams and i used to have like conflicts like you know my co-father and i used to have like conflict like back to back like almost every time that we need to make major decision as a company yeah. right and then it got to a point i think about four months ago we started meeting just once a month just to understand okay what have you done this last month that i am proud of what do i think that you need to improve on and that feedback has been very helpful to kind of like understand things from his own perspective while you understand things from my own perspective as well so now when we need to make decision together we're not making a decision from my perspective or his perspective we're making decision together from a point of okay I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm, where I'm coming from. And then right now that we are at this junction, what is better for the company? Putting into perspective, you know, both of our perspective and also for every other person across the table to make decision at every point in time. I think that feedback has been very, very helpful. And I think it's just something that a lot of founders need to emulate. Like apart from building the company together, I think a lot of time we're also very focused on just wanted to build the company and get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And then we tend to kind of like forget the fact that we also need to nurture the relationship that we both have as founders, just to make sure that apart from the company, we also are good friends, right? We can also talk to ourselves about, you know, challenges, what we're going through in our individual lives, what I need to do to support my founder, what in my co-founder, what he needs to do to support me. So having all of these conversations, all of these, um, feedback mechanism system into play can also be very very helpful in helping founders to go through um, the conflicts phase and come out of it even better oh <laughs> you said so many amazing things um and i love to bring up the founder and co-founder questions um especially with all my portfolio companies, because it seems like I don't think I have a portfolio company that is a solo founder yet. Okay. Every single one of them have a co-founder. And I always love to understand what are the dynamics between you and your co-founders, because I've been there. I've been a solo founder mm -hmm. and I've had co-founders, right? Mm -hmm. And it is inevitable. Founders have conflicts for yeah. one reason or the other, yeah. but being capable of being friends, um, somebody said, I think in, in the last podcast with one of my other founders, he said that being a co-founder, especially like if you have multiple co-founders, it's like knowing that you're marrying into multiple yeah. spouse, <laughs> right? And you technically see, 
see your co-founder sometimes even more than your personal spouse right (laughs) so you have to be able to like have really good communication skills be willing to have empathy and 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 a lot of uh, uh, being capable of to empathize with the other founders, like let them yeah. speak. I mean, there are just so many other th- amazing things, and I'm so glad to hear that you know mm-hmm. you guys are figuring out and you've given amazing feedback to so any founder that is out there and considering bringing um, a co-founder to the table. Yeah, and I think I also like to add that you know, like you like you said, just following up on what you said, right? Um, starting a company is more like two couples that are trying to raise a child together and startup yeah. is more like it's more like raising a child because especially at the first two three years it's more like a baby that is very very needy and needs attention at every point in time like need your full attention so if you're going to be raising a baby with someone then you both need to kind of like nurture your relationship to make sure that you're even helping that baby to grow and Mm -hmm. i mean if you look at it from an angle of a marriage it makes it look easier because if you're like in a marriage and then you want to try as much as possible to make sure that you know you and your spouse you're going on frequent days you're giving yourself feedback you're listening you're communicating you know you're making decisions together you know when you look at it from that angle more like okay this is it's more like we're married but we you know we're trying to raise a child it it makes everything easy that way when it's not like you're trying to compete with this person you're trying to complement this person just so that this other person can bring his or her skill set you can bring your own skill set to the table and you guys can marry that together and build something really really great and amazing and i think the last thing i also say about that is the fact why co-founders relationship is even more important and also a very great determinant to how you know the success of the startup is because i usually say that startup is more like you're in a battlefield right um because you don't know what battle you're going to face tomorrow like you're competing against literally everything. You're trying to deliver a new product. You're trying to raise funds at the same time. And everyone just needs like a part of you, right? So you want to make sure that a person that you're going into battle feel that you guys are good. You guys know what your strengths and weaknesses is. And they, on the battlefield, you won't have time to kind of like tackle each other. You just want to make sure they are complementing each other as much as possible. No, I love that. I love that. So now that we have a good understanding of who you and your co-founders are, I wanted to bring in a little bit back to truck. Um, yeah. So we have a good understanding of how you have been able to like manually grow the business with very minimal MVP. I think truck is definitely at the stage where you have a working product, a lot of your supply and demand are using your platform. At this stage, what does scaling or growth looks like for truck? Okay, so at this point, growth to, growth to us means um, three different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, growth to us means um, diversifying in terms of the customer segments that we have. So right now, most of the customers that we have play majorly in the category of B2B and B2C e-commerce companies. So we are now at the point where we are diversifying into other segments like construction companies, platforms, um, FMCGs. So being able to 
handle all of this different industry with their different needs at every point in time is just at a point it's just the next um stage of growth for us then the mm -hmm. other segments of growth would then be our expansion plans um right now we've gone um into expanding into two other apart from lagos in addition to lagos into expanding to other two other cities in nigeria um ibado and abuja to be precise so growth mm -hmm. for us means expanding to other cities across africa capturing major cities in nigeria as fast as possible and growing and scaling as fast as possible then the other segment of growth that we are also focusing on is becoming the operating system for third party logistics in africa so when we started truck we started more with a b2c approach right we started focusing more on individuals and at some point we pivoted to mostly b2b servicing most um, servicing mostly businesses and then also we then transition to being a platform that connects demand to supply businesses to different size of vehicles that are closest to them in real time then right now we've also noticed that i mean over time with being a platform especially this year we focus majorly on building complementary solutions and services to the customers that we serve we notice that our customers have complementary challenges like um cash collection and then we had to launch a service that solves that 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 um, that challenge cash collection and remittance as a service then later on we also notice that our customer also have issues with reconciling items that are going in sorry out of the warehouse right in and out of the warehouse in and out of the various warehouses and then we also launched another complementary service in transit management as a service to solve that problem head on so right now we are at a point where we we also been able to very large thing like you mentioned automate end to end for um the clients that we service and then we then realized that businesses that we service we are automating end-to-end -end of their trips but they also have we have taught uh, partial third uh, parties to them right they also have other micro third parties that they're working with and the implication of that is while we truck are committed to making sure that we're automating and optimizing their logistics they also on their own end are not able to automate end-to-end -end their third-party logistics because they then deal with other micro logistic companies that they have to run manual with and also run excel with and we realize the fact that that manual process is very very highly inefficient so right now we're transitioning to becoming an operating system not just for businesses but even for other third-party logistics in africa in such a way that for the businesses that we service they can be sure that as soon as we they have us they can their third party can be automated end to end and the implication of that is um customers and the implication of that is we are then we are then transition more into a more into a SaaS in such a way that we are 
now charging our customer based on value ba value based pricing not just in terms of the trips that we are making possible for them but also in addition to all the value added services that we're providing them and then they can now cherry pick of course based on what works for them at every point of their business so right now i wouldn't say that we've gotten um transition into an operating system I wouldn't say that we've gotten it figured out 100 percent because even right now we're also looking at um enterprise uh, expert that can help us to figure out how to do the pricing the process and all of that but i mean for us that's like the the next step of of, of one of the next step of growth that we're working on wow that is amazing i love how like i asked you one question you answer all the, the following questions in in one of them uh, and i don't have to worry about asking anything else but i think you get a good understanding of what truck does a good understanding of like what is next for you um i think i hear this a lot especially especially as an investor in the us in terms of oh what is happening in africa like why are you investing in african tech startups and i love bringing people like yourself and some of our portfolio companies just so that they can have a good understanding in very simple terms amazing things are being you know like decentralized and you know really like digitalized on the continent things that seems very super simple have been done manually for such a long time and the younger crowd and the new generation is wanting to change that like we want to see a better africa the whole part of this podcast is all about living your african dream yeah and a lot of the people that i bring on the podcast are people that are accomplished right like they're not just dreaming they're going out there and actually building in your own words what would be your version of the african dream and I think I posted something on my uh, on my Twitter recently, which people are still answering is, what problem would you solve on the continent if you were guaranteed success, but had to work on it for the next 20 years? What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I have to work on it uh, for the next 20 years. Well, I think that um this problem that i'm actually solving which is digitizing the third party logistics in africa is a lot of work and i think that between now and the and the next 20 years i also be committed to solving this problem right and for me it goes beyond just nigeria is trying to solve the same problem and replicating it across different african countries right now we have operations in nigeria we also have plans to scale into you know um west africa another south african from next year south african country next year so this problem is big enough right um and for us we just want to get to that point where we we want to dominate right mm -hmm. it's not just about solving this problem in a very small way but also to even dominate the sector in such a way that the third party logistics in africa that is being heavily dependent on manual processes right now to a very large extent we are automating that process from end to end and in that process we would then become the biggest operating system for third party logistics 
across africa just so that when you whatever country you're moving to on the african continent you're hearing the name of truck at every point in time when it comes to logistics for us that's exactly where we want to be and then talking about the next and 20 the, between now and the next 20 years right logistics is so big and mm -hmm. the other interesting thing is when you didn't look at logistics in africa you didn't realize that there are also very complementary challenges as well that right now we are we're even facing at different point in time so at some point in time, I, 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 I also like us to then transition into solving complementary problems, right? Right now, we are very focused on the mid-mouth segment, right? Because when you look at logistics in Africa, you have the first mile, you have the last mile, and then you have the middle mile. So the middle mile segment is where we're currently dominating. But who knows what's going to happen between now and the next 20 years. We might have to also dominate the first mile, also dominate the last mile. Like, logistics is huge. Like, yeah, it's huge. It's going to take even more than 20 years to actually be able to even figure it out, you know, end to end. And then we're committing to just doing that um, as long as it takes. Wow. That was so beautifully said. Folusha, it was such a pleasure to have you on the Live the African Dream podcast. It seems like I would love to have you back again in a year or two where we can speak a little bit more about some of the successes, right, yeah. that has happened uh, since we last spoke. But thank you so much, everyone. You can find a little bit more and learn more about truck on mytruck.com, I believe so. Yes, absolutely. And Yes, and you can find Folusha on all media platforms on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And until next time, this was Leave the African Dream Podcast, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.